Hello and welcome to a new series from Rogue Opinions with me, Reese Saunders. Joining me in matching pyjamas on the setty once more is the elder statesman of the group, Carl Pierce. Hello, sir. How are you? Hello, Reese. Yeah, I'm feeling great and excited for this new podcast. Oh, definitely. I mean, we have, we, I mean, I can't have missed this. I've missed us sitting together on the set in our matching pajamas. I mean, you know, this week's choice, I let you choose. Uh, I'm not happy with your choice. Well, I don't see what's wrong with Lazy Town. Well, because I wanted to be Stephanie, you dib Stephanie, so I had to be Sportacus, and I'm not happy about it. Everybody wants to be Stephanie. Well, you know, that's just like pink hair. I've got, I've got that right, haven't I? <laughs> <laughs> you've got that right <laughs> I mean I'm a, bit, I'm, a bit, I'm a bit too old for Lazy Town and all that well to be honest the original idea of this podcast Carl wanted to review Lazy Town and I said <laughs> but no we're here to uh, t- uh, review a TV show that me and Carl collectively have said is one of the best TV shows ever on the best streaming service in the world right now Disney Plus it is of course The Mandalorian um, one of the greatest bits of TV I've ever seen. Yeah, it's an excellent show, which we'll get into as we review the episodes. But yeah, they're, they're so well done. And you can tell there's no expense spared as well. So all is good to see. Yeah, I completely agree. And also it's written by people and directed by people that are passionate about Star Wars. You can tell they love Star Wars. Yeah, they're, fa- they're proper fans. I mean... I was going to say they're not doing it just for the money. Of course, they're in it for the money as well. But yeah, <laughs> they want they want to take they want to take it in the best direction possible. You get the feeling. Yeah, I mean, just just some um, just some numbers here from the, the production of it. So um, the series costs a hundred million dollars to make. So it's about fifteen million dollars an episode. Um, the show was written uh, by John Favreau and also a man who. Uh, did a lot of work on Clone Wars and Star Wars Rebels. Uh, Dave Filoni as well. He did a lot of directing for it. And also um, the cast as well. Uh, Pedro Pascal as uh, the main character called Mando. Obviously the Mandalorian. Um, famous for uh, playing Prince Oberyn Martell in Game of Thrones. And um, also in Narcos as well. I think, I think it was a very... Uh, after in hindsight, looking at it and watching all the Mandalorian, fantastic piece of casting. Yeah, it's, it's a great, it was a great choice for the lead. And yeah, most of the cast are, are really are really good in, in the programme. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I think um, it's, it says a lot of the fact that he, that man is, is carrying the whole Star Wars franchise on his back. Uh, because let's be honest, when, since Disney bought Lucasfilms, They've only really done two great things with Star Wars. That's Rogue One and this. Pretty much, yeah. I mean, I ain't going to lie to you. The, the, the child inside me was so excited for a new Star Wars trilogy, how, where they're going to go off for 7, 8, 9. And I don't know, it just didn't deliver. It was just so, somewhat lacking. Yeah, uh, I was the same. I was super excited for a, a new set of films. But I was a little bit wary because... Uh, I remember the um, excitement for the for the prequels. Um, yes, you know, quite live up to expectations. So uh, I was always a, a little bit cautious as well, but I was still a bit disappointed, especially with the the two follow ups. I thought the first one did an admirable job. 
Yeah, seven, seven was good because seven Abrams in charge, but then eight and nine just flopped. Mm. I remember, I remember, I remember going to watch eight, nine in the cinema when the day it came out. I just sat there going, "Really, Re- <laughs> really, <laughs> really." <laughs> and then, but talk about the, this, the prequels. Though, I like number three. Number, number three is a really good one. That's it. Yeah, three's three's good, and uh, the. Uh... Lightsaber duel of Darth Maul in in the first one. Oh, that was incredible! I can't believe how little. But I think watching that back recently, how little Darth Maul is actually in Star Wars One. Yeah, it he... baffles me. <laughs> I thought it was in. I, I thought it was in a hell of a lot more than he was. Mm. It's incredible he became such a sort of pop cultural icon from barely like twenty minutes of screen time. Yeah, I think what how, what what that's what I really like about Clone Wars as well. You see a lot more of Darth Maul. Which yeah. is perfect, but we're not here to talk about Star Wars films. We're not here to talk about Darth Maul. We're here now to talk about the the first episode of the Mandalorian, and we'll get straight into it. So uh, it's set five years after um, Return of the Jedi, and we meet uh, Mando uh, collecting a bounty. Um, he goes to a bar, and. Yeah, I, I just want to put out one of the deaths he, one of the people he kills in there. He slices them in half with a door, yeah. uh, which is just, yeah. He just slices them half with the door, and then he collects this a bounty, uh, um, a blue man um, called I, his name escapes, but he, he no, I can't remember that either. Yeah, catches him and he, he takes him um, to. Uh, a man called Grief Karga, who is the guild leader for uh, the uh, Bounty Hunters Guild that, Man- that Mando's part of. That first scene just set in stone how sort of badass Mando is. Yeah, I was going to say, he's just, it really shows you that he's a skill, he's a skilled fighter, warrior, whatever you want to call him. And he's just, he's no messing. He just, you know, takes everybody out. <laughs> no, no pissing about. No, he's there, gets his job done. But I do want to say that when that uh, that blue gill man decides, oh, he's going to do take go to the toilet and stuff like that, starts just trying to find a way to escape, and then he he finds all the the carbonite, and he's looking around, going, oh no no no, and then just see Mando appear behind him. Yeah, Boy, that's that, the the first time I watched that, I genuinely did nearly crap myself. <laughs> I, ju- <laughs> I jumped in my seat, went, oh shit. I think it's his mask because it's his helmet. You can't see his face and anything like that. He just shit you up. There's also a good scene before he gets him on the ship with that sort of um, worm-like creature under the ice. I mean, oh, in the, the, I mean, in the, the first oh, you know five minutes, you get a, a, like a, a small cameo, some great big monster thing. Yeah, yeah. I, the, what the notes I made was it looks like a, a crocodile cross with a walrus. <laughs> It's got big tusks and it's scaly. That's what that's the conclusion I got to. Me. Yeah, it was. I mean, that's the thing about Star Wars. It's as dramatic as hell. There's big monsters and there's ships and shit like that. So, but I said he drops off all of his bounties. There's about there's about four or five he picked up. I get not very high powered, high powered, high paid. No. And so he basically says, "Oh, this won't cover the cost of fuel." What he was paid, and then the guild leader, I said, Grief Karg. Uh, except uh, he, he gives Mando a a job that's hush hush off the books. Yeah, very very sus and uh, ominous, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And so Mando uh, 
all the so he, he takes this tracking chip that's called he takes that and he goes to the client as he's called and so he this droid pops out the wall he scans the chip card that um he was get mando was given and then lo and behold what should be behind the door but imperial stormtroopers yeah very uh very strange to see them still knocking around after the the fall of the empire. Oh, it was. Because they've got to work somewhere, aren't they? Oh, it was. It was funny the fact he he uh, he, he turns up and he's he, he's surrounded by four of them and the, an old man sitting on a on a chair. I thought it was you for a second, the old man. Piss <laughs> off. Um, <laughs> <laughs> except though he he doesn't have enough wrinkles like you do. No. So <laughs> sorry. However, uh, he's interrupted by a doctor, Doctor Pershing is his name. He comes out and he they literally give him very little to go on. Yeah, uh, he normally gets quite a, quite a lot to go on, but he, he basically he basically gets an age, doesn't he? That's not so bad. Eh? An yeah. He gets an age which is fifty years old, mm-hmm. and uh, as Carl said, he's last in no location. So he's at the, and basically he's told. Uh, with your set of skills, you should be able to find it quickly. And then obviously it comes down to what the thing no one likes to talk about. No one likes to talk about money to that car. No one likes discussing money. No, no. Um, so he asks what his price is, and he's given um, a bar of Beskar, which is a, a metal uh, that the Mandalorians use to actually forge their armor. So Mando's armor in this episode is pretty much naff. Yeah, it's it's quite it's quite cheap, isn't it? Yeah, it's hodgepodge, it's put together, nothing really matches. The only thing that I really say is Beskar is his helmet. I think so, yeah. Um, so his helmet, if people haven't watched the show, please watch it. But his helmet is very very reminiscent of Boba Fett. Um, so very uh, so it's like little slit across the eye and it goes down. Um, it's silver, silver and grey, and that's the only bit of him that looks impressive. Yeah. And another thing, throughout the uh, entire two series, he probably takes that helmet off about twice, maybe three times. There's a testament to his acting ability that he can do so much without ever revealing his face. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It's like, it's because they, they say, like, you can pick up on an actor, you can pick up like, on, on a performance by their expression on their face, but Pedro mm. Pascal. He's just he just he's just incredible the actions he does. He doesn't need to use his face or his emotions mm. or anything like he just uses his actions. But yeah, it's as I said, yeah, so we're just a little bit back to the Mandalorians, though, because the Mandalorians, as they were another planet called Mandalore, that's where they originated from. They used to be a really powerful um force to be reckoned with, really. And they used they had a war with the Jedi uh, many years ago. Uh the king of uh, the king or queen of Mandalore had a weapon um, called the dark saber, and he or she, he or she who held the dark saber could be called king of uh, Mandalore. So, and then now, but now the Mandalorians are like they are a shadow of what they used to be. They're underground, and so that's where Mando takes his one bar of Beskar. As a day payment, he takes it to someone called the Armourer, who looks to be in charge of the Mandalorians. Would you say, Carl? Yeah, she does. She does seem to have some some authority here. I would say. Yeah, she's she's no Jackie Weaver. No, she definitely has authority. 
Yeah, yeah. She, she's she's the she's the high counselor. She's no Jackie Weaver. Um, but yes, as I said, so Mando goes to her, takes that Beskar, and it, it was taken during the Great Purge when the Empire took everything away from everybody, and um, she melts it down to make a pauldron for him, so make like a shoulder guard, and there's little flashbacks. Um, so flashbacks to what Mando came from, what Mando was as a child. So Mando didn't grow up on Mandalore. He was a foundling, as they say. Yeah, the, they were um, well, quite good, those little, very, very fleeting. I'm very sure those flashbacks, but they sort of yeah. build upon them more as you go through the episodes. But yeah, it's a, a very intriguing look at his past. It is. It is. I mean, we'll get into that episode. Hopefully, get, yeah, we will get into that episode later on down the line. But yeah, there's. It's just a, it, what I like about um, this Mandalorian, and also contains to One Division as well um, on Disney Plus as well. Is there's little tie-ins. There's there's it keeps you it keeps you on suspense because um, another good thing about this as well and One Division, it, it's weekly. It, it's not all streamed in one. So you, yeah, it makes you look forward to the next episode and i i mean this day and age of streaming i mean i could watch a series of it like in a day yeah <laughs> but 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 this it makes you excited for friday i used to i used to love fridays when the when the mandalorian was on so i was saying all oh, right mandalorian eight o'clock in the morning i know i'm gonna watch and yeah it was class but that, I, think, I think that's why i prefer disney plus right now to any of anything else is it, it keeps you hooked Another thing I like about the Mandalorian, uh, and then that goes for One Division as well. They um, they don't treat the audience like idiots. There's not there isn't a ton of exposition having to explain everything. No, uh, which is good. You you sort of you you left, but things are things are explained eventually. But you are left to to figure stuff out for yourself a little bit as well. Yeah, which is good. I mean, it, it promotes you to think to create a theory, sort of thing of what mm. you think. And I think, I mean, One Division's one of the best things I've seen in a long time. Yeah. Um, and this as well, this was just incredible. Like you was there going, um, especially season two, like, oh, what's going to happen now? What's going to happen now? Oh, look what's happened. This is happening. And this as well, towards, towards like the fifth episode of this series, I was hooked immediately. And yeah, it was just I mean, great to watch. Season season two of Mandalorian is really what you call um, water cooler television. There was always something happening that you couldn't wait to discuss with your with your friends with yeah i, I, remember, I remember messaging you going have you watched mandalorian yet no yeah. watch, the, watch the fucking mandalorian <laughs> and then i get and then i get a text about an hour later oh my god <laughs> <laughs> so yeah it's it's that good of a show it reminds me of the early seasons game of thrones yeah because Let's not talk about season eight. No. <laughs> but yes, yeah, so as I said, so he, make, he gets his best guy, gets a, a pauldron for his shoulder, and, and also what the excess and left is made for the foundlings so they can get uh, some bits of their armor made as well. So uh, Mando then travels um, to the last known location of his new bounty target, and the planet was called Arvala 7. And bit of brain points to me, Carl. It is the native home of the Ugnaughts. Oh, right. Wow. See, I did. Yeah. I'm learning it, yeah. Yeah, and he meets a native called Kuil. 
That's his name. Q U no K U I I L. I'm glad you said it. I had no idea how you're supposed to pronounce it. Yes, yeah, <laughs> so, enough but... with English names. <laughs> <laughs> Damn you, Star Wars. Just call him Keith. <laughs> so he so but, but my Mando Lance is scaping the he's scoping the uh landscape, he's trying to see where what everything is, and he gets set upon by one of the weirdest looking things I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. <laughs> it looks a very, very strange creature, isn't it? It's it almost, is... it's like it's a biped, but it shouldn't be a biped. Yeah, it look it's it look I mean it looks like the it looks like a stunted T Rex. It's the best one. Doesn't it? Yeah, it's got little those little T Rex sort of arms, doesn't it? But Carl, I have to ask you a question. What looks more weird? A blurg, which is what they're called, a blurg, or Liam mm-hmm. Hall? Oh, definitely Liam. Liam Hall. I go Liam Hall. I mean, like, I I want to ride a blurg. I don't want to ride a Liam Hall. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> so yeah, so it, um so as I said, so he captures so um Quill helps him capture these blurgs who attack Mando. And uh, another fact about blurgs is the males get eaten during mating season, mm, which is quite common among insects on uh, on Earth. But I don't know many other species that tend to do that. I mean, let's be honest. What a way to go out! <laughs> I mean, let's really share. You're there going, "Oh my god, I've just done this," and then like she just eats. You just go, "That's not a bad way to die." I don't know if, if, you've, been, if you've been eaten alive. I can't imagine it would be a lot of fun, mate. I mean, I wouldn't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, you know, I'm assuming for a blurg, you know, he, he, he's not aware. He's, he's yeah, got his rocks off. Maybe. He's got his rocks off because, you know, blurgs have really small arms and they can't please themselves. <laughs> so. <laughs> I knew that was coming. That's why T-Rexes were angry. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. That's why T-Rexes were always angry. So, um, so he, 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 they, he, so she then accepts Mando as a rider. So they, they ride across the terrain, um, and Quill takes him to a place uh, where um, the target is, and he, he only hel- he helps Mando because he wants the area to get to be peaceful. Basically, he wants yeah, he wants all the sort of riff raff and whatnot to the to leave him alone, doesn't he? Basically, I mean, he's um, he, he said also says he's never met a Mandalorian before, so mm. and he knew that he knew that Mando could succeed because Mandalorians, as he said, Mandalorians are creatures of legend, so to say, and yeah, Mando so Mando um, scopes a scene. He sees a lot of them, and then he sees a battle droid called IG Eleven. And IG-11 uh, walks in there. Uh, Mando's trying to do, like, a covert operation. And he just walks in. Uh, robotic balls in the wind and shoots everybody. Pretty much, yeah. Um, and also voiced by one of my favourite directors and actors in the world, Taika Waititi. Yeah, he, he does a brilliant performance. And uh, yeah. was it Coyle, who, the alien, uh, he... He meets with the Blurg. He's voiced by uh, Nick Nolte, another another acting titan. Yeah, yeah, I never knew that. Mm. 
Oh wow! Yeah, do, yeah. Does a, I've just t- looked on this thing. Yeah, he's on, yeah, Jesus, he's on a lot of films. Yeah. Wow. Tro- oh, we, oh, yeah. I know who he is. Looking at him, he's in Tropic Thunder. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, he's yeah. He's a dude who, who just creates all bullshit, doesn't he? <laughs> uh, so, uh, Mando. There's another fact about it. Mando doesn't like droids. No, he doesn't, does uh, he? For some reason, he hates them. So he grudgingly teams up with uh, IG Eleven, and they clear out the compound. They clear the facility of the guards and he locks onto where the target is. Um, and what I love about it is when he, they, they, they come to the plan, he says, cover me, and that big cannon comes out. And he just says, change plan. And he just uses the droid as a shield. He gets shot and he takes it out. And then uh, the droid goes, I'm okay. And I imagine Pedro Pascal, or the Mando inside his helmet, just went, oh, for fuck's sake. Yeah. There's a good bit where he sort of just jumps on that big cannon and just shoots everyone to oblivion. Oh, yeah, it's class. And then uh, they use the cannon to obviously shoot down the, the door mm. uh, where the target is, and they get into the room, they try for the target, the, 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 the beef is going off, trying to find it, and it's in this little this little crate sort of thing. And the crate opens, and Mando's shocked because it's a little green, big-eared infant creature. Yeah, uh, a very familiar green creature to uh, all Star Wars fans. Jar Jar Binks. That's it. Jar Jar Binks. Yeah. Jar Jar Binks or Jean-Luc Picard. <laughs> yeah, so uh, IG-11 then says... Now, IG-11 and Mando were given different orders. Yeah. So IG-11 is told to terminate the child, as we'll call him, the child, where Mando was told to bring him in alive. Well, or he he did say um, proof of termination would be acceptable. He did, yeah, but IG-11 wasn't told that. No. IG-11 planned to kill it, and then we see a blast, and we're thinking, oh, fuck, this little cute little baby's dead. He might have... Well... The thing is, Mando wasn't expecting IG-11, so whether he was sent by um, someone else, mm-hmm. we don't really know. We don't really know he's contracted uh, IG-11 to to go there, do we? Really? Not it in might, this episode. It might, not... it might be so. He might have been sent there by someone else, perhaps. That's just my working theory, anyway. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, yeah, I mean, as you said, there are a lot of people. I mean, when, um, so when a uh, grief cargo gives tells Mando about the, the contract, I don't know if you notice this, but the whole bar shuts up. Mm. The whole bar goes quiet. So the whole maybe they were aware of what it was, and and they were like either intrigued as if we take it or scared maybe of taking it. Yeah, yeah, there's something. Well, he said a lot of people have. Well, the Kirill said a lot of people have come and not. He's not seen them again once they've tried to go and um, fetch the bounty, didn't he? Yes. So uh, a lot of people have come and failed. Oh, yeah, definitely. It, it was. It's a really. It was a really good little setup through it. So, but then we see the, in a way, the caring side of Ma- of Mando. Mm. Because you hear a blaster and you're thinking, okay, IG-11 has just killed him. But no, it's Mando shot IG-11 through the head. And it was maybe, because if you at the start of it, Mando's very, he only seems to care about himself. He'll do anything 
to get the job done sort of way. Yeah, pretty much. That's the impression you get, isn't it, from the opening sort of 20 minutes or so of the episode. Yeah, so Matt Mando doesn't give a fuck. He's basically, if you're in his way, he'll kill you or you get out of his way. Whereas this bit is a bit of humanity. I know I know he's a human, but it shows just a little bit of that that care inside to him. And it shows with the how the show ends. It's when he puts his finger out towards uh, the, the the infant and the infant puts his hand out towards it. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, obviously we will learn more about their relationship throughout the whole um podcast that we do, but uh, what a first episode this was, though. Yeah, it really was for a for a pilot, or as you want to call it. It was, yeah, it just set everything up brilliantly. Oh, it did. I mean, it's it was it, there was no bit in it that dragged or that didn't make sense or was slow. It was a perfect way to kick off a new series, and I was so happy I did it. I watched it, and then I was immediately hooked for the next one. And then Karen and getting hooked and hooked and hooked uh, for it. Also, I didn't know this that Apollo Creed was um, yeah, yeah, Carl Weathers. Yeah, I didn't know that was Apollo Creed. Yeah, I know. I knew straight away, but I was surprised because he I, he hasn't done anything for ages. I think in one of the interviews because there's, there's like a, a making of Mandalorian on Disney Plus, which I recommend people check out if the fans of the show because it's really interesting to see um how they made this the series um he said yeah. he basically came out of retirement for the role i've just i've just got his film a filmography up so he, he hasn't done a film since toy story 4 but the last one we did before that was 2007 it was combat carl in toy story 4 combat carl is hilarious <laughs> uh his last tv role he, 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 he hasn't done many things i mean he did a few shows here and there, but yeah, the Mandalorian yeah. was like the last big thing he did. I think Rocky and Predator are his most famous, probably his most famous roles. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you, you, you're not a film fan if you don't watch Rocky. Not really, no. I mean, Ro- Rocky. I still say Rocky's probably one of the best film series I've ever seen. Granted, the new ones are a bit near, but yeah, yeah, I've not been too. They're basically, they're basically a retreads of the old one, but with Rocky yeah. in the coaching role, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> That's what it is. Yeah, it is that, to be honest with you. But, um, I, I, so, uh, to, be, before we, I mean, uh, before we end this um, this podcast about things, so I think what we'll do, Carl, is we'll rank this episode out of 10. I think for each of we give a ranking out of 10. Um, so, I'll ask you, what, 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 what was the good things about this episode? What was the bad things about this episode? And what would you rank it at? I don't think there's much bad, to be honest. I think everything pretty much hit for a for a fir- first first episodes, and I would say season finales are probably the two most difficult ones to sort of really nail and and please everybody. There's a lot to do. You got to set up. You got to set up your main protagonists. You got to set up sort of the story. You you've got to present enough information about everybody as well so to keep you hooked but you don't want to give too much away at the same time um yeah it, it's quite there's quite a lot that goes into making a really good first episode and i think this nailed it to be honest i'm, so, tempted, I'm tempted to give it a 10 you know i really am wow. I, I can't really fault 
I can't really find much with it at all. Yeah, I agree. I agree completely with that. I can't. There's there's nothing in it that, as I said, it didn't drag. It it, it wasn't. Everything was paced perfectly. There was intrigue as to what what was happening with what with the flashbacks for Mando. Um, who is this child? Who sent the robot? Everything like that. So, it, and who and why were the stormtroopers there? Yeah, exactly. Another thing I want to mention is the episode is under an hour. I think it's forty three, forty five minutes long, and you'll notice when you go through them, the episodes really vary in in length they're as long as they need to be because it's on a streaming service they're not trying to they're not having to make it um 42 minutes which is usually the the average sort of length of a tv show on america in america to accommodate um commercial breaks and and what have you for an hour slot but this is um you know they're not they're not having to pad episodes out to make it a certain length and then I have to worry if it comes in a bit short as well. So yeah. I think that I think that's a I think that's a big help. Yeah, agree. I mean, th- uh, this was thirty nine minutes long, so probably about thirty seven minutes. I would say is the actual TV program mm. because of obviously the credits. Yeah, the credits uh, are quite long on these. The same with one division of notice. The yeah, credits are like ten minutes long. Because <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm I'm, yeah. I'm watching the first I'm watching the first episode of one division going. All right, so okay, so I'm seeing people's names. But there's a shitload left. <laughs> because it does, the, it does all the different languages and stuff as well, doesn't it? Yeah, I, I mean, I don't speak French. No one speaks French. The French are stupid. Um, next, <laughs> I had to get that in there, Carl. Next <laughs> week's episodes. I mean, uh, episode two is thirty minutes long. Yeah. So yeah, I said it feels fair. Fair. It's a fair. It's a fair. You know, sometimes TV episodes will vary by thirty. 30 seconds or a minute here and there, but this is like a good 10 minutes uh, shorter, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, the last... So this this one was 39 minutes. Uh, the last episode of season one is 45 minutes. Yeah. So the, the last one, the first one and the last one are the longest ones. Um, but yeah, it's... I said, it's perfectly paced. It's it's really good. And also, I'd also say the characters that we've got coming up, they're some of the best characters... Um, and also some of my favourite actors as well. Um, yeah. Especially Giancarlo Esposito, one of the best actors I've ever seen. But we'll get to him mm. later on into the, into the Mandalorian. But yeah, Carl, I'm going to give us a 10 out of 10 as well. I can't disagree with you. Yeah, that's, I'm writing that down. Reese couldn't disagree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're we'll talk about football. It's nice. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, yeah. We, might, we might not be we we might not be friends after the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> oh, please beat them! <laughs> if, yeah, if Manchester United lose at the weekend, you might you might never hear another podcast from me again. <laughs> no, it, I mean to is if West Brom do beat Man United, I'm coming to find. I don't care. Pictures, <laughs> I'm coming outside Carl's house, and I'm going to take the piss. <laughs> Your neighbours are gonna hate you because I'm gonna I'm gonna get a tent, I'm gonna pitch it up, and I'm just gonna stay there. <laughs> Until I get too cold, I have to charge my phone and then I'll walk home. So <laughs> But no, Carl, I mean so um we now put away uh, the whiskies that we poured, we put the biscuits back, 
we put our slippers on, we put our night hats on, and we go to bed. So before we go to bed, Carl, do you want to do your plug, sir? Yeah, you can find me at Carlos underscore fire 80 on Twitter and Instagram. You can find us on rogue underscore opinions on Twitter and Instagram. And we have a website as well, rogueopinions.wordpress.com. But you can find links to that on our Twitter feed, which is nice and easy. And you can find us on all good podcasting platforms. Definitely. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at rsaunders995, also Twitch at saunders9495, where I will stream FIFA and you will hear a 25-year-old man rage quit and shout things. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, I I get passionate playing FIFA and it's going to be so bad. (laughs) I'm I'm 41 and I still get in the tantrum if I'm I'm crap at a game, Don't, don't you worry. I'm not crappy. I just I just concede stupid goals. <laughs> <laughs> excuses, excuses. But no, Carl. Until next week. Thank you for jo- thank you for joining me. I will choose pajamas next week. Okay. And until then, uh, listeners, goodbye. Goodbye.